States have to install cameras with audio recording equipment at every police station of the country at interrogation rooms, lockups, entries and exits of the police station. That's what the Supreme Court said in a landmark judgment on 2 December. And not just police stations alone, but also in offices of central agencies including the CBI, the National Investigation Agency, the Narcotics Control Bureau and the Enforcement Directorate. The footage recorded using these cameras, the Supreme Court bench said, could be requested by courts and the Human Rights Commission while dealing with complaints against the police relating to custodial torture and custodial deaths. This the court said was in keeping with article 21 of the constitution on the fundamental right to protection of life and personal liberty. But will this judgment actually help checking human rights abuses in custody? What does the current data on custodial torture show and what does this mean for any attempts like this move with the CCTVs? For this podcast we spoke to Mr Vikram Singh who's the former DGP of Uttar Pradesh. You're tuned in to the Big Story, the podcast where we dissect the headline-making news for you, and I'm your host, Shalpuri. CCTV cameras are often a bit of a dilemma. On the one hand, they are all pervasive surveillance devices, but on the other, they also come handy in catching criminals. But when it comes to crimes committed by the custodians of the law themselves, the use of cctv footage is pretty much uncontroversial given the high number of custodial deaths and the by now banality of custodial torture and it is in this context that the supreme court's judgment is indeed a remarkable one because the hope is that it can with some immediacy start to address the alarmingly low rate of convictions in custodial death cases and complaints of custodial torture even as the broader issues that make this abuse possible begin to be addressed to get an idea of the scale of the problem according to a report on the hindu while 1727 cases of custodial deaths have been reported between 2001 to 2018 there have been only 26 convictions and this obviously doesn't even take into account unreported cases or cases where people find themselves unable to complain and on 2 december in a slew of directions the supreme court bench comprising of justices nariman came joseph and anirudh bose said that oversight committees at the state and district levels will be given the responsibility to oversee the installation of cctvs in police stations and the finance departments of all union territories and states will have to look into the fund allocation second the dg or the inspector general of the police in all states and union territories should entrust the sho of every police station with the responsibility of assessing maintaining and creating a data backup of the cctv footage and third the data should be stored for up to 18 months and former dgp of up vikram singh says that this verdict is people centric and can have far reaching consequences referring to the horrifying case of custodial deaths of father son duo jairaj and benix from tutikuri that happened earlier in june this year mr singh says that if directions are sincerely implemented there will be a decline in police misdemeanors it's part breaking judgment and with far reaching consequences which is the people friendly you had the horror of duty calling when father and son were done to death by an inept and a brutal police force and it is not just a case of one duty calling i get the custodial rapes custodial interrogations leading to third degree brutal treatment to the members of the public non registration of fir custodial rapes 
and also demand and acceptance of bribes within the confines of the police stations. If these are sincerely and with a sense of purpose are installed, there will at least be an 80% decline in the police misdemeanors. Hmm. But there are corrupt police officers who are fast learners, who already have found out a devious way out, how to do things and the nefarious activities outside the confines and the radar and the range of the CCTV. Therefore, the police leadership must ensure that it should be in the faithful compliance of the solemn order passed by the Honorable Supreme Court for once and for all, this is an opportunity for the police to wash the blood on their hands and on their uniform. I would say that let there be no glitch in the hardware and software compatibility. Let there be no range that the police should be instructed that they will deal with the public only within the range of the CCTVs and not beyond. And if they do so beyond the range of the CCTVs, it will be held against them, integrity certificate withheld, and placed under suspensions, no questions asked. Mm -hmm. These things will have to be structured when you install the CCTVs. Mm -hmm. So one more question. The Supreme Court will not be there in every police station, but the directives should be faithfully enforced in every 15,500 police stations in the country. And adding a little more to what Mr. Singh said about custodial deaths and torture, the data available from the National Human Rights Commission shows that at least 17,146 people were reported to have died in judicial and police custody, which is nearly five a day on average in cases registered in the decade to March 2020. Another report compiled by the National Campaign Against Torture, which is a platform for NGOs working on torture in India, frankly paints a very horrifying picture. The NGO, which has been compiling data from local media reports, says that 76% of deaths it recorded in police custody last year were due to alleged torture or foul play, and 19% were under suspicious circumstances in which the police cited other causes, including suicide and sudden illness. The report also noted that police personnel in several states went to the extent of torturing the suspects to death in investigations relating to non-heinous crimes, which shows just how commonplace such torture has become with policing in India. And the Jairaj and Benik's case is a perfect example where the police accused of torturing the duo in custody over the minor violation of keeping the mobile store open 15 minutes beyond the lockdown curfew timings in the state. What is also chilling are the preferred methods of torture, which the report says includes beating with a baton, hammering nails into the body, smearing chilli powder in private parts and insertion of foreign objects in private parts, and even kicking the abdomen of pregnant women. And despite solid data on this, justice is ridiculously scarce when it comes to police abuse. The NCRB data shows that not a single police officer has been convicted for custodial deaths since 2011, while over 860 cases were recorded in the same time period. Further, a report on India spend also notes that in the last 10 years, the majority of over 1,000 deaths in police custody, which is about 69% of cases, have been attributed to either illness and natural causes or to alleged suicide. And the details on death due to illnesses are often very ambiguous. They do not specify whether the illness was prolonged or sudden. There's also no data on the reasons given behind hospitalization, whether it resulted from the assault in the custody or not. But even though this is a landmark judgment that can help such cases of violation, it's not the first time that the Supreme Court has asked the government to install CCTV cameras in police stations. In 2015, the court had directed the state governments to install CCTV cameras in all prisons within a year. In April 2018, the Supreme Court, in a different hearing, 
once again gave similar directions to check human rights abuses. The court had even approved the centrally driven plan of action suggested by a committee set up by the MHA and that included audio-video recording of statements given by the accused to the police under Section 161 of the CRPC. And then in September 2020 this year, the Supreme Court directed the chief secretaries of states and union territories to file an affidavit reporting their progress on the matter by 24th November 2020. While these directions do go beyond the earlier orders and in theory should have the benefits hoped for, there's one rather large elephant in the room. The severe lack of infrastructure in police stations starting from drinking water to toilets and human resources, all of which play their own roles in the mistreatment of people in custody. While this is certainly a good judgement for human rights, will it be logistically possible to implement? Do police stations also need to be better equipped with infrastructure, facilities and human resources to also be able to bring down human rights violations? Back to Mr. Singh here. Absolutely. 30% of vacancies in the police, they have to be done up. So the police can have leave, they are not stress one. They are under no pressure to work out cases unrealistically and take shortcuts. Professional competence, capacity building. And if the capacity building is there, they will never take recourse to shortcuts. You see a police force that is techno-savvy, that knows what electronic surveillance is, that knows the use of polygraphy and uh, narco-analysis tests, the DNA profiling, mm. face profiling softwares, and their IT is savvy. They will never take recourse to things that are brutal or third degree. It is only an untrained police force that is brutal. If you like listening to this episode, please subscribe to the Big Story playlist for episodic updates. We'll have on Apple, Google Podcast, Spotify, GeoSavan, and most of the other popular podcast streaming platforms. For other podcasts, please log on to the Quinn website and check out the podcast section. For any feedback, shoot an email to podcasts at thequinn.com. Thanks for listening. Log on to the Quint's website and check out our other podcasts.